may be seated. We're going to take uh, uh, a trip in the Bible this morning. We're going to look at several passages of Scripture. Let's start in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to hit on a word. Uh, this is a, uh, every once in a while I do a, a prophecy message. Uh, I don't know, uh, every, every other month probably. Just a lot going on. Uh, in the Middle East right now, and how uh, should we be reacting to that, or what should we uh, what, what should we be thinking about that? And the Bible has the answer for that, and I hope this will be a blessing to you this morning. Uh, we're in First Thessalonians chapter five, and before we read that, let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we admit that we need your help, uh, that we hold in our hands divine wisdom. But we have, uh, when we accepted you as our Savior, we have the Holy Spirit to help us understand your word. And I pray that uh, you would work, you would speak, we would be attentive, and we would listen, and we would be discerning, understanding the times, and uh, not be caught unawares. And that is uh, the biblical admonition. May we see that clearly this morning. And... uh, Have a calm, a peace that we know that our God is still on the throne. Nothing here on this world has taken you by surprise. May we not be anxious, caught up in fear. May we have confidence in you. Father, for that person that does not know you as their Savior, I pray that they'd be scared out of their mind and that it would cause them to flee to the cross. And before we know, sin is the problem, and uh, you provided the solution on Calvary's cross. We thank you for that. Speak to our hearts this morning. We'll thank you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. We're in First Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, verse 1. But of the times and seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. And that word is the word we're going to concentrate on, right there, focus on for the next few minutes, thief. It come, the day of the Lord, so cometh as a thief in the night. And we know that. For when they shall say, peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child. And they shall not escape. Notice verse 4. But ye, brethren, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, there have been a time when you've been redeemed, you've trusted Christ, and you have that confidence that Mr. Frank spoke of. You don't have to say, well, man, I I hope I'm okay. Uh, You know uh, that you have trusted Christ and you have that confidence in His shed blood on Calvary's cross. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. It shouldn't. Things going on in the Middle East and the return of the Lord, pointing towards the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. That shouldn't overtake you as a thief does. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep. Now, verse 6 is again, and we'll show you several other scriptures that point out the same thing, because 
we see what is happening around the world and we know that they point to the return of Christ and because it should not overtake us as a thief, the result in our life should be, verse 6, therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch. Watch is another key word in the passage. And be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. And they that be drunken, are drunken in the night. But let us, Christians, believers, those who know Christ as their Savior, but let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, for an, and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. Why do we have that hope? Why do we not fret and despair and say, oh, uh, the world is coming to an end? Uh, Because, verse 9, for God hath not appointed us to wrath. What is that wrath? That's the tribulation period. There are those that say, uh, Christians, those who know Christ as their Savior today, are going to go through that terrible seven years of tribulation period. But God very clearly said to the church at Thessalonica, For God hath not appointed you, appointed us unto wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, whether you're alive or dead, uh, we should live together with him. Verse 11, as a result of that, uh, we comfort one another. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, as all as also ye do, even as also ye do. And we seek you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them uh, very highly in love uh, for their work's sake and be at peace among you, among yourself. Verse 14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient towards all men, See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. And then some great verses, rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And the Apostle Paul is going to close out that chapter. But again, several highlights. Verse 2, because we're going to move on, but I don't want you to forget this. Uh, the, verse 2, the day of the Lord, so cometh as a thief in the night. Verse 4, but ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Verse 5, you know Christ is your Savior, you are a child, the children of light. As a result, verse 6, we should be watching. Not not sleeping, watching. Uh, Verse 8, we should be sober. Because verse 9, God has not appointed you to wrath. Uh, But there are some that you love are going to be left behind in that day to go through the time of tribulation. If you want, you may keep your finger here. I will refer back to this. I don't expect you to turn back. But turn with me to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. <clears throat> the elections this past week. <clears throat> what are some things that, have hap- uh, that are happening in our country uh, this week that ought to get our attention and say, wow, Ohio has codified the killing of babies. 
In Virginia elections, people ran on, not on the budget, not on uh, parental rights in the government school system. They didn't run on fixing the budget. They didn't run on uh, the spending problems that we have. They haven't run on a national debt. They ran on one issue, and the main issue in Virginia was the killing of babies. And we elected people based on the fact that they kill babies. Now, now, what does that say about our nation? That that is the most, in, in the eyes of the voters, that that is the most important thing uh, going on in our world today, the right to be able to kill. That says uh, we ought to be watching. Uh, we ought to be watching. <clears throat> the vast majority. One topic. Uh, that says a lot about our society. Now, we've got a crime problem uh, in Kingstown. Kingstown uh, has, has a crime problem. And no, I've, I've been warning people, I've been warning you, if you get bumped in your in the rear bumper on the car in, Spring, in, in Kingstown, uh, don't get out of your car and survey the damage because you will lose your car. Uh, there have been uh, several of those going on in the Kingstown area. I mentioned Wednesday evening, uh, banks. Uh, uh, and uh, ATMs have been a target. And I made the news uh, this, I think, Thursday a night on, on the news. They made the national news. There's a ring of, of bad guys that are going up and down uh, in Fairfax County. Uh, that are walk- They were across the police station at the 7-Eleven uh, down here in Franconia Road. They walked across the police station. They're bold. Uh, they're armed. And they walked into the 7-Eleven and said, uh, uh, would you like a, a 7-Eleven death dog or... Uh, nachos with cheese? No, we want your ATM. And they picked up the ATM and walked out the front door with it. Across from the police station. Mile and a half, two miles, a mile and a half up the road. Uh, Burke and Herbert Bank. Uh, they walked up to the bank. Uh, Franconi's Road, busy road. Big ATM sitting there facing, facing Franconi Road. Three gas stations across from the bank on Franconi Road. Lots of people in and out of there. They didn't care. I walked up to the ATM with the uh, jaws of life and stuck it in there and pried the machine open. and yeah, yeah, They're not worried about anything. Is that a problem in Fairfax County? I think it's a problem in Fairfax County. Did, did anybody run on solving the crime problem? No, not that I'm aware of. But that should not overtake you as a thief does. Now, how does a, th- how does a thief work? <clears throat> We're in Luke chapter 12. Let's look at verse 35. Let your loins be girded about and let your lights and your lights burning. And ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. Notice verse 7. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find, what's the next word? Watching. Are you watching for the return? So when people say to you, did you hear uh, that uh, there are uh, there big crime going on in Kingstown? You should be able to say, Lord Jesus is coming back and uh, the world is, getting, is not getting better and better, getting worse and worse. Are you ready? It, watching, again, 1 Thessalonians those that watch, we, we shouldn't be asleep, that, shouldn't, that they should not overtake us as a thief. 
we should be able to point out that Christ is coming back. Watching, verily I say unto you, that he shall gird himself and make them sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. And he shall come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so. Blessed are those servants that as the, as the hour of Christ's return becomes, gets closer and closer, we should be ever more vigilant to, to be watching whether that's in the second watch or the third watch, three to... That's my bad time. I'll just tell you that uh, when I was in police work, I, I could do... Uh, I, I did real well up until about four o'clock in the morning. And that third watch, I, just, you just want to lay down and go sleep. Uh, so I had, to, I had to make myself do things. Uh, third watch of the night, I would get up and I'd, I'd walk a shopping center and shake doors. I had to keep up and get moving. You didn't sit in the, you didn't sit in the car and turn the heat up and, uh, and, and kick the, the seat back. And uh, kind of, I'm just going to rest my eyes for a few minutes. Now, you can't do that. Christians, we're not supposed to do that. Third watch of the night is most difficult. But if you're faithful, if you know the Lord is coming back, if you see the things going on in our world today, uh, it should cause you to be watching. Blessed are those servants that are watching in the second watch and the third watch uh, of the night. And uh, verse 39, And this know, that if the goodman of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched, and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Be ye therefore... Ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye think not. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speaketh thou this parable unto us, or even to all? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise, uh, faithful and wise steward, whom the Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. But and if that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to beat the men servants and maidens, and to eat and to drink and to be drunken, the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in sunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant, which knew his Lord's will, and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. And he that knew not, and did and did commit things worthy of stripes, shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall much be much required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. <clears throat> so we look at what's going on, again, the lections this week, and what does that tell us? So it was interesting to read uh, some of the uh, banter that was going on by the a political analyst after uh, this, uh, uh, after our elections this week. And it said, uh, one of the guys said this, uh, once upon a time, uh, the Republican Party was a party of freedom. But now the Republican Party seems to be the party of uh, we, must, uh, we must pass laws that uh, prohibit uh, killing babies. 
But the Democrat Party seems to be the party of freedom that says, if, if you want to kill babies, you should be able to kill babies. Uh, and that, and they, they associate that with freedom. But as a Christian, we should look at that. I look at that, and I look at that differently, and I hear that differently. What that says to me is we are living in a society that says, I don't want anybody telling me what to do in any area, especially God. I will not have, as they said in the first century, we will not have this man, Jesus Christ, to rule and reign over us. We will not. We should allow God to do that, uh, but people do not. As a theme, that's an interesting phrase, uh, interesting choice of analogy. Uh, we were, uh, it was, uh, again, many years ago, I was a young man, uh, probably 28, 29 years of age, and uh, we, it was midnight shift, it was, up, it was approaching the, the third watch, and uh, there was a, a group of young men who were breaking into cars down in the lower South Centerville area. It was my patrol area, and uh, we, had a, we, we knew they were there. Uh, we had a guy uh, that was watching them, and uh, so uh, we got together and we had our plan. And so uh, I, uh, I was at the, the north end of the uh, row of townhouses on either side. And uh, Scott, Scott Marion there was with me. And uh, uh, three police officers were down on the bottom end. And this is what they said. We're going to walk up the street. And we're going to make a lot of noise. And they're going to hear us coming. And they're going to run. And there's only one way to run. And that's towards you. And, and then when they run up towards you, you, you guys grab them. I said, okay, 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 okay. And I was a runner, and so they always put me on the side uh, where, where there was possible to have to chase somebody down uh, because uh, some of them were, let's say, a little overweight. And so Scott, he, he and I were the skinny guys on the squad, and we were the runners. And so we were, at, we were on the running end, and the big guys uh, were on the, on the pushing end. And so uh, they started up, and they were, uh, they, were, uh, they were beating on stuff, and they were uh, yucking up, and they were talking. And we were on the north end, and we're peeking around the corner of the townhouse. And, uh, and we knew they were there. <clears throat> and we can see our guys coming up the street. And then all of a sudden, they figured out the guys were coming up the street. And uh, they took off. They came off running in our direction. And, uh, th- and we could see them coming. They're running up the sidewalk. They're running in the street. There were three of them. And uh, they, were, they were about, I don't know, from Rick uh, uh, to, to me away. And they had no idea we were there. And this is, re- this is really exciting. And, they, and they, they're running at full tilt. And as they did, we both jumped out of the corners of the shadows around the townhouse and uh, uh, drew down on them, pointed down, and said, please don't move. And uh, I'll tell you what, they were so frightened, they messed themselves. That's how frightened they were. But what were they? They, they were a thief in the night. And what were they doing? They, they went to that neighborhood at a time when they didn't think anybody was going to be there, when they knew that everybody was asleep, and they knew it was dark and the lights were off and things had settled down and the babies had stopped crying and the children are fast asleep. And that's what, it, that's what a thief does. And the Lord says, I'm coming back as a thief would come back. Looking around. Is there anybody watching? Is there anybody paying attention? But that... 
they should not overtake us as a thief. Again, if the good man had known at what hour the thief would come, he would have been ready. A thief appears for the first time in Exodus chapter 22, verse 2. It talks about if a thief comes in and he's breaking up and he's smitten and he dies, no blood shall be shed for him. In other words, if there's a guy out there in the middle of the night and he's uh, breaking into stuff and breaking up stuff and the homeowner comes out and uh, relieves him of his life... uh, don't, don't cry over that guy. And, and certainly don't prosecute the, the homeowner that was protecting his stuff. <clears throat> and no, no blood should be shed for him. Uh, and that has some uh, historical uh, meaning as well that we'll not go into. Exodus chapter 22 verse 7 is the second time uh, that verse, uh, that word thief appears. And it says, if, uh, if a thief comes in and uh, takes goods and uh, he's caught, then as restitution, he should pay double uh, the amount. <clears throat> if the thief comes in, and if, if, you've given me, if you've given me your gold to watch, and you come back and you say, where's my gold? And I say, you know, a thief came in and stole it while you're gone. If, the, if there's no evidence that a thief came in and took the stuff, then I'm probably the thief, and the Bible has a, uh, that, that next reference, I should probably be investigated to see whether I'm, I'm the bad guy. The Bible tells us how to look for that. Uh, Webster's 1828 Dictionary despi- describes a thief as a secretly, unlawfully, a person who secretly, unlawfully, and feloniously takes the goods or person or property of another. The police have a term for understanding crime and crime ten, uh, trends. Uh, it is called uh, modus operandi, M.O. What is the M.O.? And so, you know, again, when I was in police work, you, you wanted to understand what was the operating procedures of the bad guy. And if there were construction sites that were dark, you, uh, you had to understand that a thief was probably not going to come in the daytime. He was going to come at nighttime. He's going to come when the construction site shut down. Or he was going to come just after the construction site had shut down and people were still milling about. But he pretended to be a construction worker and would pull up and load himself up with refrigerators and washers and dryers and a big, big ticket item and drive, drive away with them. <clears throat> And, and he, he, is, he tried to blend in with his surroundings. And knowing that, you would go to places where that might be an issue. It was uh, second watch of the night, probably about 1 a.m., and there was an old beater station wagon. And he had three brand new uh, uh, dishwashers strapped to the roof of his car. And he was driving down the road. And I said to myself, hmm, I think that he has probably not been to Home Depot uh, getting, getting those things. And uh, just as I was about uh, to uh, turn around, and it's on Route 28, again, in the Centerville area, and, and pull him over, uh, I got a, a higher priority call. And, and so I radioed on the side, side channel, uh, officer who I knew was nearby, and I said, hey, 
Uh, you want an easy felony? Uh, there are three dishwashers uh, going south on 28 towards Prince William County. Uh, they're strapped on top of the car. And so uh, I won't tell you the officer's name, uh, but uh, she, she, she got around there and she pulled the guy over. And uh, when we cleared our call, I just knew she was at the station and the detectives were, property crime detectives were coming in. And so I got around and said, hey, hey, was that a good thing or what? She said, oh, no. She said they just been to Home Depot and, uh, uh, and uh, they were for personal use. <laughs> you, can't, you can't be that naive. But she was. And she let him go. Uh, she let him go. I said, and oh man, oh man. Uh, so first thing in the morning, I was to the detectives and I said, hey, uh, this morning on day shift, you're going to be missing three dishwashers out of my area. I want you to know that she had them. And so she's got the tag number and all of that. And uh, you'll, now you're going to have to go find them in the guy's uh, shed out back behind his house. Uh, what is that? And understanding the trends and what they're doing. And Bible says that Christ is coming as a thief when things are quiet, when people are... But, but that day should not overtake us as a thief. We shouldn't be, man, I didn't see the Lord. Man, I, I didn't see that coming. Did you see that coming? Did, did you really think the Lord was? It shouldn't overtake us as a thief. It should not. Uh, the, there are several types of things going on in the criminal element. There's the physical, the psychological, the geographical, the temporal there's the opportunist that is nervous, and he's, he's walking in, and he's, uh, you, you, can, you can spot them. If you understand crime trends, you can spot the bad guys he comes in. Or there's a, there's a person who's like, I, when I shop, I, I walk in the store, I want to know where the stuff is. And, and I, if I go to the grocery store, I, I don't look. I look for an employee. Where are the split peas? If you were a split pea, where would you hide? If you were a German shepherd cake, where would you hide? And, uh, and, and they, point, they point me the way. And some of you don't even know that there's no such thing as a sure German shepherd cake. <clears throat> but the people in the grocery store know. But the thief, what does he do? And puts it away. We should, that's that nervous type, we should be able to, to see these signs in our society today and say, oh, the, the Lord is coming back. We should be able to see that. There's a premeditated guy. Uh, he, he knows what's inside. He's already done his reconnaissance. He knows, what's, he knows where it is. He goes inside, goes right to the place, grabs, grabs a whole armful of stuff, and goes trucking out the door. And again... Store security personnel study these trends so that person comes running in, they can say, that's not a normal shopper. Now, now how do you shop? Ladies. You know, they do all kinds of things. They evaluate it and they read tags. A normal shopper. And so when a person comes in and they are not a normal shopper, a store security on the camera goes, a camera seven. That guy's up to no good. And they see it. And they follow you out the store. And they grab them in the parking lot. Why? Because they understand the trends. And that's how we're supposed to be as Christians, to be able to watch on the, the TV screen or the Internet or the newspaper feed and say, Christ is coming back. That's a sign. Christ is coming back. And as a result, 
as we are watchful and we are doing something about it. There's the organized gang that utilize distraction. And, and so, again, the store, store people, when the criminal comes in and the person goes, hey, hey come over here, uh, show me this thing. And, and the employee knows there are three other people in the store and, and kind of look over. He says, no, no, pay attention to me. I got, I got knees here. And they get angry. What are they doing? They're, they're pulling a distraction. And the, the security people say, listen, when somebody's getting upset with you and trying to direct your attention in a certain direction, there's probably something going on in the other direction that you ought to be paying attention to as well. <clears throat> that organized. And then there, there's a needy person. Uh, they're just looking for a meal. But all those different kinds of things are going on. Are, are you watching? News out of Israel. <clears throat> Israel, this week, demanding answers from CNN, New York Times, the Associated Press, Reuters. Why? Because when Hamas went into Israel just a couple of weeks ago, all of these agencies had reporters embedded with the bad guys to take pictures of what they were doing. What does that say? That Hamas called up the New York Times, the Associated Press, Reuters, and said, hey, on this day, at this time, or about this day, and about this time, we're going to be going into Israel, and uh, we're going to be wreaking havoc, and we want somebody there to document that and to take pictures. And Israel said, uh, we want answers. It, you were there. You knew about it. You knew it was going to come on. You didn't take any steps to, uh, that, that a normal human being would do, uh, what should that cause us to do? That should cause us to say, oh, uh, Israel is being surrounded. Israel is being attacked. Israel is being targeted. What is that a sign of? Well, the Lord could be coming back soon. It should not overtake us as a theme. This article out of New York City, hate crimes against Jewish people are up in New York City this year 214%. What should that cause us to do? And say, hey, uh, man, when, when people say that and we see that news article, we should be able to lay that on the desk at work and say, you know, Christ has come back. 214% increase in tax against the Jewish people. We, we ought to be uh, aware of that. <clears throat> uh, this was in the news yesterday. Arab nations, Iran, Egypt, there, there, was, there were six that were mentioned. Uh, said, we demand that the war in, in Israel cease immediately. That's what they're demanding. But I found it interesting. They are not demanding that the hostages be released immediately. Uh, they're demanding that the war, that Israel's attack, attacks in that be released. What should that cause us to do? That should cause us to be watchful. That day should not overtake us as a theme. Uh, one week ago in D.C., there was a, a terrorist rally over in D.C., and they defaced several government buildings. They defense, defaced the fence at the White House. And uh, yesterday, there were riots going on, uh, pro-terrorist uh, rallies going on in London and in Paris. What should that cause us to do? That should cause us to say, hey, are you familiar with Ezekiel 39? Ezekiel 39, verse 2 says, And I will turn thee back, and leave but the sixth part of thee, and will cause thee to come from the north parts, and will bring upon the mountains of Israel, and I will smite the bow out of thy left hand, and will cause thine arrows to fall 
out of thy right hand. I encourage you to be a, be a reader of Ezekiel thir- chapter 38 and 39 and to be able to say, that's time the Lord come back. Because that battle, Ezekiel 38 and 39, is going to come back either just as the, tri- as the tribulation gets started, just at the beginning, or just moments prior to uh, the tribulation getting started. And we ought to be able to be watchful to see that and to say, <laughs> that's not going to go well uh, for the attacking nation. Did you know the Bible talks about that, Ezekiel 38 and 39, and says uh, that the sixth part, one-sixth, of the enemies, of the attackers. That's all that's coming back from that. That's, that's an astounding number. Uh, but again, that shouldn't not overtake us as a thief, and we should be able uh, to talk about that. Turn back with me to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24 is a chapter, we were on this on Sunday nights, uh, just, I don't know, maybe eight weeks ago or so. <clears throat> Uh, Matthew chapter 24, it's Jewish people. Jewish people are going through the tribulation period and they run, run for your line. And they're coming up to the seven, to the time when the seven years of tribulation are over. And they're looking towards the second coming. We're looking towards the rapture. The rapture is when we meet the Lord in the air. The second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is following the seven years of tribulation when Christ planted his feet on the Mount of Olives. And he's talking to the Jewish people in Matthew 24 that have endured those seven years of tribulation. And they're coming up to the end and they don't know the day or hour that the Lord is going to plant his feet on the Mount of Olives, but they ought to see it coming. And there is, God has an admonition for them. Look at this. Verse 42, it's interesting, it's the same admonition that he has for us today. And what is that? Watch, therefore, verse 42, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the goodman of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Who is that faithful and wise servant? whom the Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season. Verse 46, Blessed is that servant whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. So doing. It should cause us to do something. Luke chapter 12, verse 40 says, Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh, at an hour when ye think not. We've already read 1 Thessalonians 5. Let's go to 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3 at verse 1. And I know we're looking at a lot of scriptures this morning, and it would be good for you to mark these references down and go through them as... Let me look up here for a moment. As I have gone through them... And mark those words uh, that will help you to understand and to be able to warn others of what is going to come. Uh, verse, verse, uh, Second Peter chapter three, verse one. Uh, this and our, my desire this morning is verse one. The second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both which I stir up. 
And that's my goal this morning. I want to stir you up. I want to get you thinking. I want you to go out and look at the newspaper in a, and, the, and the news feeds in a biblical, with biblical glasses on and not say, oh my, oh, we, we need, we, we need a, a, a stronger leader in the White House. Listen, I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to a strong leader in the White House. But America is on the wrong side of Bible prophecy. Now, we shared that with you several, uh, several weeks ago, uh, maybe, maybe six weeks ago on a Sunday morning. <clears throat> we are on the wrong side. Where is American Bible prophecy? I preached that message. Verse 2, that ye may be, what? Mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of, of the Lord and Savior. Verse 3, what's that first word? Knowing. Do you know? Do you see it? Are you watching? Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last day scoffers, walking after their own lusts. Again, the elections this past week. No, knowing. It shouldn't catch us unaware. Well, what is the world coming to? A world coming to the tribulation period. That's what the world is coming to. And saying, where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. Verse 5, for this, they, for this they willingly are ignorant. But that shouldn't be us. We should be watchful, not willingly ignorant of that. By the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved, the important word, unto fire against the day of judgment, another important word, and perdition of ungodly men. But that shouldn't be you, that that day should overtake you as a thief, as an ungodly person. What should we be? Verse 8, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack. Concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but as long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as what? There it is again. As a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up, seen don't miss verse 11. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Seeing these things, seeing these events, watching these things unfold should cause those that know Christ as their Savior to warn. Are you doing that? Ye ought to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens shall, uh, being on fire, shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, what should we do? Be diligent, that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot, and blameless, and account that the long-suffering of the Lord is salvation. 
Uh, verse 17. Uh, ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things, ye know these things, ye know these things, beware, uh, bear, before, beware, lest ye also, being led away of the air of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. <clears throat> Penn State. In the news this week. No, not the stuff with Michigan and the coach being fired. Uh, there was a, a guy that spoke at Penn State, and he talked about <clears throat> the Old Testament and the New Testament scriptures and how that affected the Jewish people. And afterwards, a Jewish man came up to him and said this. I found, I found this really interesting. He said to the speaker, you did a very good job this morning. I'm a Jewish man, but I want you to know that your speech is offensive to Jewish people. And so he said, why is that? He said, because you refer to the Old Testament. Jewish people, we find the term Old Testament to be offensive. When you're speaking to Jewish people, you should refer to the Hebrew Scriptures, not the Old Testament. And the speaker said, you know, I didn't know that. Never thought about that. And I'm looking at it. I'm reading that article going, interesting. Why do they find that offensive? Because if there's an Old Testament, that means there's got to be a New Testament. And the New Testament points to what? Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And they have rejected their Messiah. Again, knowing the times, knowing that Jewish people have not trusted Christ and they're going into the tribulation period. Now, will Jewish people be saved during tribulation period? Absolutely, they will. Revelation tells us, as the sand of the sea, they're going to come to... I think i got a little ring in this. I have a little ring in this? No? Okay. <clears throat> now, don't touch anything. They said it's okay. <clears throat> uh, knowing that and seeing that, we should be able to say, ha, ha, ha. The Christ is coming back. The Jewish people are going to go through the tribulation period because, again, very we've rejected Christ. But to be able to say to a Jewish person, I understand you find Old Testament to be offensive, you want them referred to as Hebrew Scriptures because Old Testament means New Testament, which means Jesus Christ, Messiah. We should be able to be watching Again, First Thessalonians 5, 4 says, But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. <clears throat> are you busy for God? What we're going through today is not a new phenomenon. Yesterday, uh, I referenced this part of the message to the soul winners uh, that were just before they went out yesterday uh, at uh, 10 a.m., <clears throat> Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus Christ said to his disciples, But all power, uh, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me in both Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. If you're a disciple, if you are watching, if you are expecting the return of Christ, then you should naturally be warning. You should. 
Matthew chapter 3, verse 7 says, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who have warned you to flee the wrath to come? If you're watching and expecting, you will be warning. But in the first century, in Acts chapter 1, the disciples, when Christ said you're going to receive power, you're going to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth, the next thing they said was, uh, when, when is going to be the promise of your coming? When, when, when are you coming? And Christ said, listen, it's not for you to know the times or the season. It's for you to be working. And we don't know the times or the season when Christ is going to come back. But we ought to be working as we are watching and we see that that day is getting closer and closer. Those that are watching, those that are expecting, should be warning. Are you warning others? Luke chapter 3, verse 37. Then he said to the multitude, Jesus Christ, that came forth to be baptized of him, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee the wrath to come? Jesus did it. He encouraged his disciples to do it. And he has encouraged us to be watchful and to be warning. Luke Burns was arrested this week. He has been arrested for burglarizing a home, broke into a home, and stole stuff. He stole two TVs, drill sets, car washer, jewelry, three watches, a number, an un, un, unknown number of silver rings, gemstones, cufflinks, perfume, a Michael Kors watch. I guess that's a, that's a nice watch, I guess. Electric shaver. <coughs> Now, this is an interesting thing. He didn't, they said, no, that, that's a good haul for one night. Oh no, it wasn't one night. He broke into the same home four times in nine days. And, and, and I'm reading the article and I'm thinking, how many times does your house have to be broken into before you say, you know what, maybe I should stay awake and greet this guy as he comes through the door. No, he broke in four times. It took four times to break in before somebody said, um, you know, I suspect it, he, he's coming back. How many times, how many things do we have to see in, in the elections, in Virginia, in Ohio, in London, in Washington, D.C., in Israel, before we say, you know what, I think he's coming back. What is it going to take to get Christians to be watchful and expecting? If you're watchful and expecting, the question is, are you warning Bow our heads and close your eyes. Father, thank you for your word. Uh, there are more scriptures uh, uh, here this morning, but time does not allow us uh, to go through them. But you have certainly admonished us to be watchful. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you're here this morning. You're a Christian. You know Jesus Christ as your Savior. But you've not been as watchful as you should have been. Not warning as you ought to be. You say, preacher, this morning, God has spoken to my heart. I see, I've seen everything that you have mentioned this morning. I've seen it in the news. It's certainly out there. And, but, but I haven't used it as a catalyst. When you pray for me, God will help me to use those events as they unfold. And I see them to be watchful and to warn others. Preacher, you pray for me, God help me to do that. Father, I thank you for speaking to hearts, and I pray that you would help us to do just that, to be watchful, expecting, and warning.
We know you're coming as a thief, but that day should not overtake us as a thief. Help us to do that. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you're here this morning. You do not know Jesus Christ as his Savior. Listen, keep coming back. I'm here to warn you, you best get ready. You best trust him as your Savior. This morning you have not done that, but God is speaking to your heart. You're not saved and you need to be saved. And God is speaking to your heart. Would you let me pray for you? Say, preacher, I do not know Jesus Christ as my Savior. Would you pray for me? Take your hand, hold it up. Let me acknowledge you, and I will pray for you in my closing prayer. Preacher, I'm not saved. I need to be saved. Will you pray for me? Let's stand to our feet with our heads bowed. The piano is playing. The altar is open. If you want to pray, you can certainly do that. If you want to pray that God would give you a divine watchfulness, you can do that this morning. God bless you as you come. God has spoken. We come.